It's podcast day on PI Perspectives. Thanks for checking out the latest episode. Today's guest is Tanner Rutledge from Rutledge Investigations in Tennessee. Tanner is the host of the podcast, The Covert Investigator. Today he joins us to discuss child custody investigations. Tanner gives us his take on how to do this type of work and how to get it. This episode is sponsored by Delft Point. Delft Point was founded by investigators with more than 70 years of combined service in the industry. From missing persons cases and custody disputes to insurance investigations and criminal cases, Delft Point's billions of records from all three credit bureaus allows you to develop a complete profile of your subject. Make sure you check out Matt's quick segment hits with Nikki McKinnell Marla for some great free resources. Now let's check in with the boys for a fresh perspective on child custody cases. Please welcome Tanner Rutledge and our host, private investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome everybody to the next episode of PI Perspectives. This is Matt Spare. I'm your host. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. A lot of people are podcasting these days. There's a lot of content out there. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in and checking this show out. We are back on our regular schedule for this particular program. And I'm really, really excited to bring in Tanner Rutledge from Tennessee. Tanner, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for joining me. I know you've you've got a show of your own, the uh, Covert Investigator, and that's how I came across you. Actually, Scott Fulmer had turned me on to your show. I love your program. I think it's fantastic. And I reached out to you and said we should do a show together. So thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, Matt. How are things down in Tennessee? They are starting to slow down. Uh, with the uh, with the virus and everything, but uh, we're still still getting enough work to stay afloat. That's good. That's good. And your client base, what typically does that look like? Uh, it's a mix of attorneys and private individuals. Um, I do a, I do a couple of different things, but I focus mainly in the, in child custody. So I have a lot of attorneys that refer their clients to me instead of hiring me directly. I've noticed that sometimes too. I get that where uh, an attorney like they'll get a call from somebody and they're like. Either they, they want like nothing to do with the case and they think it's just easier to dump it on the PI to handle or they, mm-hmm. they don't want to put the money up front. They're like, yeah, I don't believe in this case enough to, to spend the money. Here's the PI's number. Call him directly. I do get those phone yep. calls every once in a while. I have a very uh, uh, stringent screening process for those calls. <laughs> 95% <laughs> of the time I pass. It's good business, I guess, right? There's opportunity there. It is. I, I usually end up passing on a lot of them, but there, there's been some really good cases that have come out of it. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good good way to, to do it. And you know, one of the things I've noticed on your program, and one of the reasons I, I really enjoy it, is that you really have a strong sales background, and uh, you you look to educate the listeners on how to make their business better. I feel like the, the PI who's listening to the podcast is probably uh, getting it from all different directions. <laughs> I mean, now's <laughs> the time to do it anyways. But um, man, you, you have like a fresh way of doing it. And I appreciate that you broke it down into a couple different episodes to cover different topics. So tell me a little bit about your background. Like, how'd you get into doing all this? So I actually went to a high school in Bradley County and we had a vocational program for criminal justice. And the last semester they actually started teaching us and showing us a video on private investigations, bail enforcement, and some of the private sector things that we could do with a, uh, if we went on to college and got a criminal justice degree. And I liked it, and it was kind of in the back of my head. Um, I was going to, going to school um, at a, a community college, and I was debating on going through and getting my four-year degree and going in, trying to go into to federal law enforcement or going private sector. And I was working as a, a bartender at the time, and uh, this woman walked in 
and she uh, she was talking about a case that she was working. She was a brand new, um, well, not a new private investigator, but a new agency owner. And she started talking about a case that she had had. And we started kind of going back and forth. And I, I guess I impressed her, and she offered me a job. And I talked to one of my professors about it. He uh, he warned me. He's like, you, you know, private investigators, you kind of have to be careful about who you attach your name to and who you're going to, uh, you know, who you're going to follow around for the next couple of years to run in business. So I did a background check on her and found her old employer and uh, went and talked to him. I just wanted to find out if she was worth working with, if she was ethical, if she was a good investigator. And he just kind of sat back in his chair and he looks at me and he goes, you're doing a background check on your employer. I said, yeah. He goes, how old are you? And I told him I was 19. And uh, he just kind of laughed and said he paid more. So I went to work with him. <laughs> so awesome, man. It's <laughs> such a great story. <laughs> right? Oh, we're extending you an offer. That's great. I haven't finished my background yet. I'll get back to you. <laughs> <That's> so <awesome. laughs> what did she say when you told her? Did she scratch her head or what? Uh, no, she just, uh, she said, all right then. And that was, uh, that was the last time I talked to her. Wow. So did you uh, dig up any dirt on her or you never got to that point? Oh no! Um, he said that she was a great investigator. Um, that she was—it was a new agency that had just opened up. I'm, I'm not sure if it stayed in business right. uh, too long, but he had a—he had a forty forty-year background. I think I think his agency at the time had been open for thirty years. Wow! Yeah. Well, that's that's good. I, I guess that's uh, being in the right place at the right time and uh, contacting the right person to do your due diligence. I guess, right? Mm-hmm. So fantastic, man. And you also have a little side hustle too, which I thought was pretty cool uh, about the fitness stuff. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. So I do uh, personal training. I used to do it in person. I uh, I did surveillance for so long and I gained so much weight that I just, I felt awful all the time. Um, so I started doing CrossFit and really got into fitness and I started competing and I wanted to learn a little bit more about my body so that I could you know, push harder in the workouts, maybe do better in the competition. And, uh, so I got certified as a personal trainer through, I started learning stuff and went down this rabbit hole and ended up getting certified as a a personal trainer through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. And, uh, then people just started asking me to train them. So I started training them. I started coaching CrossFit at that gym. Uh, and then I launched Turtle Fitness, uh, a couple of years ago and have transitioned it to uh, pretty much just online personal training and uh, specializing in tactical athletes, so first responders and private investigators. Great. It's so genius, too, because uh, I think we all suffer from it, like when we get into this business, right? So you're sitting in a car for hours and hours and hours. You know, the only thing to do is just sit around and <laughs> eat a bag of chips, you know? Uh, and I you know, always tell people, like, you know, the dollar menu is not your friend. You know, it's like the worst thing for you. Yeah. And it, especially when you, when you start out, if you're a new investigator working for a, like a large national firm and you're on the road so much, they give you like a $25 per diem to, to cover your food. So right. dollar menu is really all you can do unless you prep. Yeah. It was like a food network show, like how to eat, how to eat for a day on 40 bucks. I'm sure <laughs> the oh, investigators yeah. were watching that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great though. So, and it's, it's cool that you offer it to PIs because, um, you know, it, it's definitely a target audience, right? You can, uh, you know, sit there in your car and maybe uh, do a little bit of exercise if you can, right? At least try mm-hmm. anyways. Um, so, or when so, you get the hotel. Exactly. Well, right. I know you, I remember you talking about something, Lori. You preferred to stay in the hotels that actually had gyms, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting too. So it's it's good, man. You learn a little, uh, 
little tricks and tips. So yeah, and you, you've actually been on a couple of uh, d- different podcast shows too. Who's, whose shows have you been on? Uh, yeah, I was on um, PI Magazine's uh, latest episode. So they've, they've launched a new podcast, which is awesome. Right. And uh, I've also been on Injured Kids. Uh, he started his podcast back and we just uh, just did that episode yesterday, I think, when it dropped. Right. So just going over sales. Cool. Cool. So uh, yeah, you're definitely getting your name out there. And I think, you, have you done John Hoda's? Also or no? Um, I have not. Oh, okay. All right. Well, put it on your list. Yeah, <laughs> I know a guy. <laughs> oh, that, that's that's cool, man. So I, I think um, you know one of the things that um, that also that attracted me is just the type of business that you do and, and your knowledge of, of how to sell it to to other people. And and we we're trying to wrap our head around what type of business to talk about because uh, I always like mm-hmm. to try and feature somebody that does something specific and you do a couple different things but we're gonna we're gonna get into it later talking about child custody cases and what that looks like how many years experience do you have doing the child custody cases that's actually what i started doing so i've been doing it since 2006 14 15 years and the firm you work with when you started what what other type of investigative work did they do they primarily did uh domestic and uh personal injury plaintiffs so i got in there and I basically, when I when I started, I was that annoying kid. I was 19. I was registered as a PI in in Georgia, and I would just uh, Fred was the uh, the agency owner and my mentor. I'd just jump in the car with him and and bug him and just try to learn all, all that I could. Um, and then when I started taking cases, I basically got the stuff that was either work to death or the stuff that people other people didn't want to do, which was usually things involving ch- uh, children with uh, drugs or abuse or something like that. Right. So, hey, um, that missing persons case, the one that you've been advertising about, has there been any traction or movement on that or, or nothing? Very little. Yeah. So that one, uh, Daphne Westbrook, she disappeared in Chattanooga in uh, October of last year. And uh, the mother, she got a message. We're not 100% sure that it was actually from Daphne. It was done through a, a link to a YouTube channel um, that was taken down almost immediately after the the mother watched the video um, but that's the last we've heard from her if wow. that was her wow that's that's crazy yeah that's uh <laughs> that's a specialized investigative uh, technique I, I know there i know a couple guys that do it um but it's it's tough man it's tough because those are ones that it's 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 never good. It never ends well. I mean, very, very, very few times has that happened. And just, you know, being able to grieve with somebody um, as they're going through it. And because you, you are part of the grieving process for for that particular person. That's it's a challenge, man. I give you credit for doing that type of work. It's not something I've, I've ever actually done. I've done a couple of those. Uh, missing kids and uh, custodial interference uh, is it, something that I've been doing more and more of over the years. It's been kind of my goal to get to get into that line of work. Um, With this particular case, I'm working with um, Carl Snow of Purple Mountain Investigations out of Texas. He's taken the, he's taken the point on looking at, because he, uh, he was with a nonprofit and had such a large network of investigators uh, talking to the, to the family that are, that are out West in California and uh, some of the leads that we have in Colorado. Right. So if you're an investigator in Colorado, on my show, I, I keep a link to, uh, to Daphne Westbrook's missing poster. She was walking her dog when she went missing, and we believe the dog is still with her. Um, We think that she either ran away um, because of some things that were happening between the the mother and father um, or might have followed him out to to the Colorado area. Right, right. So, yeah, so it's the covert investigator, right? That's the name of the show? 
Yep. Uh, so we'll, we'll have links to everything in the show notes. Cool. Uh, but folks, definitely, if you're in that Colorado area, please, please go check it out. Take a look and see uh, see if you can help out with this. So, okay. So we're going to jump out and take a, a quick uh, commercial break. And when we come back in, I do want to talk to you about these child custody cases and just get your take on it and maybe talk about a, a couple of uh, interesting cases if you can actually um, you know, talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool. So sit tight, everybody. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Crosstracks Case Management Software. Crosstracks integrates with programs you already use like QuickBooks, DelvePoint, ScopeNow, Investigation Video Editor, Word, and more. The integrations combined with powerful features such as automated audio transcription and report generation help investigators generate revenue and improve efficiency. The system can be customized for any investigative specialty. Now here's Tanner's perspective on Crosstracks. I love it. It's how I run my business from uh, from top to bottom. I even use it as a, as a selling point when I'm talking to attorneys, uh, whether it's a millennial or a, or a baby boomer. They want the initial contact, but after that, the touch points change a little bit. So my younger, more tech-savvy attorneys can check their phone and have instant access to their cases. I can send out emails to some of my older clients or people that want that personal touch. And then when I'm talking to the paralegals, if you, depending on how you have it set up, because it's, it's, it's customizable to whatever you do, they can track the case budget, which makes the office manager's job so much easier. Start your free trial today at crosstracks.co and use promo code PIP20. Kelmar Global is also a proud sponsor of PI Perspectives. A leader in the industry, Kelmar Global has been successfully conducting all types of investigations for our clients since 1989. Specializing in surveillance as well as corporate investigations, insurance fraud, and cases for law firms, Kelmar Global is licensed throughout the U.S. Contact us at kelmarglobal.com. Please reach out to Kelly and his team if you need anything covered throughout the United States. And welcome back, everybody. We are here on PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. I am here with Tanner Rutledge. Welcome back, Tanner. Glad to be here. Okay. All right. So uh, before we stepped out, we started uh, talking a little bit about child custody cases. So explain to me what exactly is a child custody case and how does that work? So usually if there's a split in the marriage or if the uh, the couple isn't married and there's a dispute over who is getting custody of the child, whether they're doing 50-50 custody or their uh, one parent is wanting full custody for one reason or another, I'm called in to, to gather evidence to see if the, the other side is doing anything against the parenting plan or putting the child in danger. There's a number of reasons that I'm called in, but uh, usually it's to, to help make sure that my client um, gets the custody that they're seeking in, in court. Okay. So your client in this is typically one of the parents, right? Or, or is an attorney that hires you on behalf of one of the parents? Usually it's one of the parents uh, and they've been referred by an attorney. Okay. All right. So that's one of those situations then whether you're dealing with them directly. Do you do like retainers on that or is uh, billable hours? Like how does that work? Oh yeah. Um, so I, I always start with a retainer. I'll listen to the, uh, to the case. Some are a little bit more complex than others. I'll let them know what I think it's going to be for the the whole of the case, um, and then we'll we'll either I'll either take the full retainer up front, or we'll break it down into budgets, and I'll take a retainer for each point that we're uh, that we're working on the case. Right, right, yeah, that's uh, I, I think you almost have to do that, right? Uh, <laughs> because you just never know what's going to happen when you start digging in on this stuff. Um, and with any domestic case, always 
always get paid up front. Yeah, definitely. So how do you um, how do you start that type of search? So let's say, okay, they've hired you, they've suspected something's going on. Like now what? What do you do from there? The first thing I do is I read the parenting plan if they have one. Usually the, the judge or the courts have ordered or they've agreed to some sort of uh, some sort of plan as to which parent's going to have the child on what days of the week, um, who's going to be allowed around the child, and if someone of the opposite sex could spend the night or be around the child. So I'll go through and I'll look for points uh, in the parenting plan that are commonly, uh, commonly broken. Uh, and then I'll look at the uh, the known schedule of the person that I'm going to be investigating. Usually these are pretty surveillance heavy. So when I start this investigation, I'm looking at setting up surveillance. And then I'll pick times that they're going to have the child and uh, set up surveillance to, to follow them and see see what's going on. Yeah, and I would assume you do some sort of social media and, and open source um, oh, research to get the background right, just to get, build, a, I guess, essentially what the character is of this particular individual yeah. that you're looking at, right? Yeah, so this all of these cases are going to be going to court. Um, usually, there's already an open open case, so I'll use uh, I'll use databases, social media, um, open source uh, resources, build a background, learn as much as I can about the person, and then since I'm working with someone that usually someone that knows the individual, I can get additional information about where they like to hang out, hobbies they have, and different uh, points of information that could help me find them if something happens. And I lose them while we're doing surveillance. So when you run your surveillance, is it typically just you or do you have multiple person teams? It's usually just me. Um, if it's something that involves narcotics or something where we know the person's going to be a little bit more alert or there's a hard setup, I'll bring in one or two other investigators. Do you use uh, male and female or typically just male? That depends on who's available. Right. Usually it's just male. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so, how how do you source these uh, other investigators? So have you guys met them through networking or um, another way? Yeah. So it's usually people that I've uh, I've met through the the state associations. Um, there's been a couple of people that were with the the firm that I was with that split off. Um, I have a lot of uh, a lot of people that I, I knew down in Georgia, and then r- most recently I've started meeting people through my podcast that have been reaching out and asking questions that are that are actually in this area. Nice. That's great, man. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but like when I get messages from people, I want to record like 10 more episodes like the next day. I get so, so amped, man. I, I love like the feedback from people. It's, uh, it's great. Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. Just, uh, and it, it comes from everywhere too. I get it like LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, like you name it comes, uh, comes all over the place. So yeah, guys, if you haven't checked out uh, Tanner's uh, program, I definitely recommend it. It's uh, it's good stuff. It's really, really well produced. It sounds awesome. And uh, the content is really, really good. So Appreciate that. Yes, and uh, I'll, I accept uh, 20s, 50s, and you know, whatever other kind of bills you want to throw my way. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, so tell me um, a situation on a, a child custody case where it just didn't turn out the way you, you thought it was going to turn out. I had, uh, it turned out good from a client, but I was expecting it to, uh, to take a lot longer. We had uh, a situation a couple of years ago. I was, uh, I was called by this woman. She had made a mistake and had a child, ended up having two children with a, a guy with a known record. He, uh, he was a drug dealer. He was suspected of, of cooking meth, and she, he, she had supervised uh, visitation already with the father. Um, but she wanted to, she wanted full custody and she wanted to terminate his parental rights. 
And I was expecting this to go on for a couple of weeks, um, just based on his background, the problem that the police in the area had, had been having getting anything on him. Uh, but we went out on a Saturday and I followed him for about 12 hours downtown. I got him buying drugs and uh, drinking alcohol uh, with the children wow. when he was supposed to be doing supervised visitation and the mother who was supposed to be the supervisor basically just leaving him there Um, with what we got that one day they ended up terminating uh, terminating his parental rights so he lost full custody visitation everything with the child Um, there were a couple of other things that we figured out um, uh, when we were when we were setting up on him he he decided to supplement his uh, his drug business with shooting amateur porn Oh, wow. um, oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so again, didn't want kids around that. And he was only interested in custody of his, uh, of his four year old daughter Oof. that didn't want anything to do with his son. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's a warning sign. That's yeah. Uh. So that, that, uh, he lost rights. Um, it turns out a couple, I, I ended up being involved in that for about three or four months, uh, because him and his, uh, his new girlfriend, um, they, they made runs on my clients. Uh, they, they beat her so bad that they put her in the hospital one oh, night. Goodness. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really ugly case. Uh, just, there were, there were so many things on that case coming out of left field that. Oh, it sounds like an episode of true detective, man. That's crazy. It was, yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. That's, that, that, that's that Southern drama. Yeah, there you go. Right. This yeah. is, this is why you got to get paid up front too. You just <laughs> never know. Never know it's yeah. Out. This is why it justified a set in Kentucky. Right. How often do you actually have to testify? I mean, you say they, these are all either go to court or in court already. Uh, how mm-hmm. often do you find yourself actually called in to testify in a case? So a few years ago, um, I testified on almost every case that I did. More and more of them have been going to mediation. So I've not actually had to testify and let's see, I haven't had to testify in nine months. I think about 30% of the cases I do in child custody actually go to court now. That's great. You don't have to wear a suit every day, right? Right. Fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's funny as an investigators, like some guys freak out about testifying, right? Going to court, they get really nervous and doing whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, that, that whole dynamic of, you know, the other attorney trying to trip you up or get you to say something wrong and they ask you the same question like 20 different times the same way. The same mm-hmm. question 20 different times. It's, uh, you know, it's always a challenge. Um, how do you feel about uh, getting up on the stand? I love it. Um, that, that is one of the best ways to, uh, to showcase my work product in front of other attorneys. Right. So from, from a sales pro, uh, from a sales perspective and from a, from a, from a business standpoint, testifying is great because I don't actually have to talk to or sell anybody anything. They're seeing my work They're They're seeing how, how cool I am under pressure on the stand. And, uh, I enjoy it. Um, I, uh, I enjoy public speaking though. Yeah, I know us guys that do the podcasting thing, we we kind of go down that yeah. route, right? <laughs> we like to talk. <laughs> yep. You know, it's like uh, just to answer the question, right? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? It's like it was a yes or no. Exactly. Twenty minutes. Yes, yes or no, buddy. <laughs> it's funny. That may or may not have happened to me once. Understand? <laughs> that's cool, man. That's that, that's really uh, that, that's really good. So, um, talk to the 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 new investigator here. Somebody who says, you know what? I feel a passion to do this type of work. It sounds really interesting. Um, this child uh, custody stuff. How does one get into that? How do they decide they want to start doing that type of work? Um, so when you get into this type of work, and if it's something that you really want to do, um, network with family law attorneys. 
So go to your state bar association, download the list of attorneys in your city, and just start uh, building those relationships and talking to those attorneys. Also, go to your state association and seek out other private investigators that specialize in child custody. It's surveillance heavy, and especially the older guys or, or guys that have been doing it for a while, we get tired of surveillance pretty quick. So jumping in and working subcontract for a, for a domestic um, investigation firm is a great way to get your feet wet. And you'll learn so much from just doing the surveillance on these cases because it, it kind of touches everything. You'll, you'll learn how to go into bars and how to, uh, how to blend in. You're, that's one thing you're going to have to learn pretty quick. Um, and you'll, you'll also learn the best, the best ways to set up to, to get the evidence that you're looking for. Yeah. I think you, you bring up a really good point. Uh, even investigations in general, uh, when you're starting up like that whole subcontracting route is really helpful in, in many different ways, right? Finding that good mentor, mm-hmm. gaining the, uh, the experience you need. And you know, the downside is you're not going to get your regular, regular hourly, right? You could just throw that out the window. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You do have to be willing to take a little bit of a cut on uh, your, your hourly rate. But the benefits are there where, you know, if you're working with somebody who has an established contract that's going to have regular work, uh, you may make it up on volume. And you'll you get a good reputation as being someone that's um, they can count on. And, uh, you know, these guys all talk too, right? So, uh, you know, who do you know is a good sub out there? I, mean, I got this uh, that needs to get done. Um, I know that's the way it happens in New York, right? Um, on our listservs and things like that. When, when a, there's a need for somebody. Uh, if you do quality work and you know you're just responsible about things, you'll definitely get more work. I and mean, it's a great way to learn, especially if you find someone to a subcontract for that will take that mentor role yeah. and not necessarily hold your hand, but answer your questions when you have those. So you're not just out there fumbling around trying to figure things out for yourself. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I, I think speaking to the guys that have been doing this for you know ten, twelve, fifteen years, um, hire subcontractors and train them. You know, <laughs> it, it sometimes is better to actually, you know, own your business and run your business than be the guy out there in the car doing that stuff. So, you know, making that decision of when to start that transitioning is always a tough one, but uh, you find a good subcontractor, someone who's willing to do it. It could be a win for everybody. How about another? Give me, give me one more if you, if you can. Uh, I know I'm kind of putting oh, you on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> I had uh, I had one. This one, this is one that I always end up talking about. Um, I let's see what year was it? I want to say it was 2013, 2014. It was it was near when I opened my agency. Um, I got a call, and it was from the grandparents of the child. I, I normally don't work for grandparents unless they already have an attorney and they they've opened a case. But this particular situation just drew me in. One of the reasons that I started doing well, other than just as, out of a necessity to learn the learn how to investigate with the firm that I was at. Um, I always wanted to help children. Um, and in this particular case, when I was called by the grandparents, their their daughter had a drug problem mm-hmm. and had an infant daughter. And somehow there was a, a drug dealer, and it was never really clear if she was actually involved with the dealer or if she sold the baby for some heroin. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, it ended up the she ended up with some heroin and the dealer ended up with her baby and so we set up I did surveillance for probably about a week on that file and he would wear the infant on a a chest harness right uh, walking out to cars when he was doing his deals <laughs> it yeah I, I guess his thought was nobody's going to try anything with me or shoot me if I have a baby strapped in my chest oh man that's so crazy 
Yeah. Um, that one, we ended up, I did two days of physical surveillance. It was hard to, it was hard to blend in in that particular area. Um, so what I ended up doing was doing a drop cam that was uh, camouflaged in a log. So Tennessee and especially Chattanooga is this weird mix of metropolitan area right. and mountains. So this was on the outskirts of the city, um, right next to a ridge line. So I was able to get a uh, just a, a drop camera that could record for uh, I think I looked it out there for I want to say four or five days, and it uh, basically just recorded everything for me. Oh, that Turned is... that over to the grandparents. They gave it to the attorney, and uh, the grandparents got custody of the grandchild. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. That's that's a Netflix documentary waiting to happen right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's crazy. You know, you, you brought up a good point before uh, as far as the networking goes with attorneys, and it's something that I, I always preach to you, right? Finding out where the attorneys hang out, you know, just being a being a part of the associations that they're a part of, um, any nonprofits that they are affiliated with, you know, supporting that cause, um, if it's something you can get behind, and, um, you know, showing up to their events, you know, just being present. So, so important. I know these days nobody's present anywhere, but the, mm-hmm. this, this too shall pass. And, uh, you know, one of the interesting things that's going on with me um, during this time too is because New York is, is pretty much, it's shut down. And it's, we're shut down until May 1st right now. Um, is, you know, the attorneys are home. They're not considered essential workers, but they are still working. But they are hawking my social media accounts, man. So, like, I'm a bit of a foodie, right? So I like to cook and stuff. So I, I figure, all right, if I'm not, not going to be out in the field, I'm going to start posting my food pictures again because I used to do it all the time. And I, I just got stopped because I got busy. And uh, I'm getting all these uh, calls from attorneys like, hey, that looked really good. How did you make that? Can you give me the recipe? And uh, we're actually having conversations about, like, I'm giving cooking lessons to my clients. And it's how we're killing time. But I'm building relationships with them. And and um, it was funny. One of the guys I talked to, like, I got a call, like, during this downtime with potentially a new client. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I was talking to so-and-so. And he, he was telling me, you know, like, we we're talking about the steak that you made or whatever. But the, I also mentioned I was looking for an investigator. And he said, you know, I, I should use you. So I was like, okay, cool. Maybe, maybe I'll get a new client out of this. So it's... It's been a very strange time up here in New York. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, when you're networking, you never know where the lead's going to come from. Sure. I started networking in um, in business networking groups, thinking that I would get more corporate clients. Thinking that I would get. We have a lot of technology companies here in Chattanooga, right. and there's a lot of uh, Fortune 500s that have like R and D departments or subcontractors that are that are running things for them. So I figured I'd get more intellectual property work. Um, maybe some internal external theft stuff. And I ended up getting child custody and domestic work because I just, I just started talking to people, cutting up with people and sharing stories. And everybody either had some sort of crazy domestic drama or knew somebody that had some crazy domestic drama. Yeah. That's the thing, man. You just never know where it's going to come from. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. One of the uh, personal injury attorneys that I'm really close with, I actually had him on, uh, on one of my shows earlier, uh, Leo Vianides. Um, he's always like, when I guess, when he gets a call that comes in, he's always like so polite to people. Like it's, to me, it's like, it's incredible how he, how polite he is because it's, it's New York. You know, people aren't polite in New York, but he's, he treats people with kindness and he really like teaches them why they don't have a case. And he spends way too much time talking to them in my opinion, but man, it's turned into new cases so many times because they didn't have an accident, but their uncle did. You know, or, or maybe their cousin 
wasn't happy with the attorney that they were using and wanted to, to swap out. So it actually works. He actually gets clients that way um, just by um, taking the time to talk to somebody. But uh, yeah, I, sh- I-, I could learn a lot from him. <laughs> Try not to, you know, the, um, the direct phone calls that I get that I usually turn away, I should probably try and uh, be a little cooler to people. So who knows? But, uh, something I talk about, and I picked it up from the fitness industry. We call it a conversion tool. Right. So for, for private investigators, our main conversion tool is that conversation that we have. A lot of us call it a, an intake call. Right. Um, I like to, I like to refer to it more as a consultation um, because I'm walking people through the process, finding sure. out what the problem is. Sure. And they might call me and what they're wanting. There's absolutely no way I can do that. It's illegal. It's ridiculous. And their, their problem isn't their real problem. So I talk to them for a little bit. Um, kind of walk them around the story, and then we identify something that, oh, I can actually help you with that. Right, you sound like a real regular Tony Roberts, man. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. Although, that's, that's really good. Uh, all joking aside, it's really cool. Good to, you know, taking the time to do that is good, and it's redeeming, right? You feel better about what you do. I think a lot of times, you know, people out there like they have this image of, of who a PI is and what we do, and there's that stigma, you know, of the the drunken retired. Uh, you know, ex-cop who, who maybe he got kicked off the force because he punched the chief in the nose, you know, and now he's yeah. a PI and, you know, this is that grimy, dirty, you know, background. Um, but we're all, you know, we're not like that. We're just people just trying to help people find the truth and connect the dots on things. So it's very cool. And be a hub. I mean, like when you're, when you're going out and you're networking, you don't want to always be asking for things. If you can point people toward other resources. Right. Um, I, I tell people when I, when I'm giving my, uh, when I'm giving my elevator pitch or giving my, my talk at, at networking events, if you have a problem and you don't know who else to call, call me. Um, if I can't help you with it, I'll find somebody that can. Yeah, that's that's what I always say when I tell people to call me. Like, you know, if you have any kind of issue, call me and either I can help you or I know somebody who can. That's always the way I say. And, and literally like doing this podcast like now, it's true. I literally know somebody who can, you know, because I've met so many people that just do different types of investigation than me. And, you know, I do get those phone calls all the time. So it's been, uh, it's been really neat. So um, what, what's your area of, uh, area of coverage um, out of Tennessee? Um, I stick mainly around Chattanooga, but I go up to, uh, to Knoxville and Nashville quite a bit. Uh, right now I'm working on licensing in Georgia so that I can cover um, basically southeastern Tennessee and north Georgia. So how do folks get a hold of you if they were interested uh, in, in maybe doing the coaching with you or if they had any questions or, or anything they wanted to run by you? Yeah, you can check out my website. It's uh, rutledgepi.com, R-U-T-L-E-D-G-E-P-I.com. Um, you can email me at tanner at rutledgepi.com, T-A-N-N-E-R, rutledgepi.com, or call my office, uh, 423-708-3634. Or um, you can you can also reach me at the show, uh, Covert Investigator. There's a link in my show notes uh, where people can leave voicemails, questions. If it's something that you you just have a question about the industry, um, feel free to leave a message there. I can do an entire episode about it, or just do an episode where I'm answering questions. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I definitely get my fair share of questions too on LinkedIn. And one of the things I've been doing too is is um, I've been having phone conversations with people. Right. So you'll get those questions and I'm like, Hey man, do you just want to chat? <laughs> like, especially now, <laughs> like I got yep. some free time, you know, like let's, let's talk a little bit. And there's so many guys that are just like starting up 
that are finding our shows and, and um, are getting inspired by it or whatever, uh, or just have questions on how to, how to do things and they're reaching out. And, you know, I love it. I love uh, being a resource. Um, I'll never, never get tired of talking too much. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, absolutely. It's, it's good stuff. So, you know, Hey, before we wrap it up here, we, we, we you know, we're neglecting the star of your show though. Uh, <laughs> Detective Baby, man, I love Detective Baby. <laughs> the first time that happened, like I started laughing. I think it was on a plane flying somewhere. I literally started laughing out loud. Like this is awesome because you know I, I have many children and I can appreciate that. Um, so I, I, I really was really impressed by that, man. I thought it was very cool. <laughs> so he is uh, he is learning to walk now. So. Detective Baby kind of waddles and holds on to things, and then I'm diving across the kitchen or diving across the room to catch him when I see him starting to fall. Nice, nice. Well, wait till, it, yeah. wait, wait till he gets older. Well, my oldest, like, is obsessed with podcasting, and we have our own show that we do together, so he's really into it. He's, he's a regular broadcaster. So today we... Oh, um, he wanted to do weather reports. So I actually videotaped him doing like a three second or not three second, like 18 second weather report. <laughs> and he wants to do it every day. Now I'm like, I got the time. I'm home. No problem. Let's do it. <laughs> let's, let's do the weather tomorrow. So, uh, the joy of parenthood. So, all right, Tanner, thank you so much. This was really, really great. Um, you know, I was excited to talk to you and I, I think you have a lot of really great insight to, to share and uh, definitely go check out his podcast, folks. It's worth a listen. Subscribe to it. Give him a, a rating and a, and a review. It's very, very helpful uh, for us with our numbers and analytics and all that good stuff. So thanks, man. Thanks for taking the time uh, to talk to me today. No, thanks for having me on. All right. So thanks everyone for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode. Have a good day. Take care. Thanks for checking out this episode. It's always great to hear podcast worlds collide when two hosts speak about doing business in the industry. We thank Tanner for taking the time to share his perspective with us. We also want to thank Crosstracks, Delve Point, and Kelmar Global for sponsoring this show. Please, folks, check out their sites and consider using their services. Make sure you use code PIP20 for additional savings. Next week, Matt welcomes Michael Morelli from Powerhouse Investigations to discuss his take on open source investigations. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you get notifications on Matt's Quick Hit segments. These segments give you industry updates on COVID shutdowns and issues. Now have a great week, stay safe, and thanks for tuning in to PI Perspectives.